Okay, family, so we are on a very important weekend with Memorial Day. This is not Veterans Day. Now, you can always think of that. Amen? Amen? You can always think of that, but this is Memorial Day weekend in which we remember those who died in battle, and many of you had loved ones to come home, praise God, and they came to be with their families and then died of whatever causes in this world. But still... This is for those that have gone on. And so uh, if you see vets out on the corner and they are uh, giving these away, make a donation uh, to them. This is a poppy flower. It's actually uh, paper, but it's a symbolic. Uh, I believe it's the poppy fields of France. Am, am I right on that? Anybody? Hmm? Yes, yes. Uh, World War I. So uh, do that. And... Um, Taps. When I do funerals and they play taps, that's one of the, uh, you know, if it doesn't draw a tear, it brings a goose bump. Uh, I, I love the playing of taps. Uh, in that, there's a, there's a story on the internet and it's about uh, a Captain uh, Elikum. And Elikum heard uh, a moaning soldier out in the field and he he left his camp, he crawled out into the darkness, and he dragged this moaning soldier back. And the story goes that the, uh, when he got back to the dim light of a lantern in the camp, it was his own son dying who had joined the Confederate Army. And that there was notes in his, in his son's pocket, and that he took those and asked for a military funeral. They would not allow him to have one. He asked for the band, he couldn't get it, but he got a bugler. And the bugler played those notes. Isn't that a touching story? Except for it's not true. You can get anything on the internet. It's not true. Now, what is true is that America already had taps. Taps have been around for a long time. And, and taps, actually, we got it from the French. And there was a general by the name of Butterfield. Uh, he did not like the taps because it was too formal. It, it was for the extinguishing of lights at night for the soldiers to, to go to bed. Extinguish lights and go to bed. And, and so General Butterfield was not pleased with the, the tune, and so he got the brigade bugler, Oliver Wilcox Norton, and they wrote the taps that we enjoy today. Day is done. Gone the sun. From the lakes, from the hills, from the sky. All is well. Safely rest. God is nigh. And that's what the TAPs stand for. And we've had uh, eight uh, from our membership that TAPs have played for. Eight. And uh, Adrian Ashline, Army, Vietnam War. Uh, Wayne uh, Butler, World War II. Bob Clayton, Orville Evans, United States Coast Guard. Joseph Gray uh, was in the Navy February 1958 to July 1962. He toured in the South, South Pacific. Uh, J. Norman Klopp, World War II, Army uh, Corporal, 401st Bomb Group. He was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross. Uh, John Lovegren, Army. Bob Stout. Now, Bob passed about a year and a half ago. He was in his 90s, and uh, he was in the Army Air Force, 1945 to 1947. He was a corporal in the 22nd Bomb Group. 
And so, here at the Christian Church of Mantino, listen, if we have left out your loved one and they were a member of this congregation, would you please write their name down in the branch of service they served in and the years? We, we would like to be able to acknowledge them uh, again another time. Now, uh, the next picture uh, on the PowerPoint, this uh, soldier... Am I in my notes proper? I, I may have done it wrong. Go, go to the picture of the soldier uh, in a brown uniform. Thank you, thank you. Uh, that soldier there is my granddad, Frederick Heinley. That's uh, the uniform of World War I. Now, I'm not going to go through all the men in my family that served in the service uh, of one branch or another and then died. Uh, no, I wanted to bring him up because uh, he put that uniform on, got his picture taken, and the commanders came out and said, World War I is over. I stand before you today because the war was over. He didn't die in that war. But, you know, it had to happen to someone, right? And it happened to my granddad. And uh, I, I loved uh, sharing that. But nevertheless... Uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7, the memory of the just is blessed. Have you ever heard of that verse before? The memory of the just is blessed. Do you know what the last part of that verse says? The last part of that verse says in Proverbs 10, 7, but the name of the wicked will rot. The name of the wicked will rot. And then Proverbs 22, verse 1, uh, a good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. Uh, we remember and uphold the, the name of men and women who have died in battle, died in service, or even served and then came home, and they are no longer with us. Uh, they served their country. And uh, it is appropriate to remember lest we forget. First of all, remember those who risked their lives. When I think about people who risked their lives, I think about, first of all, I, I know it's Memorial Day weekend, but I think about our mothers. Yeah, there, there have been moms. We, we hear stories that they have uh, given birth and died. There are accounts in Scripture where ladies gave birth and died. And then I, I think about law enforcement officers. Every time they put that badge on, and they go to work, they risk their lives for us. I think about firefighters, and not only do I think about firefighters risking their lives for us, I was thinking about there have been stories where they risked their lives for your property. Wrap your brain around that. Wrap your brain around the fact that they risked their lives maybe to rescue a pet, an animal. I don't know if they still do that part today or not, but they have. And then the rescue squad and the military who served and came home to grateful communities. And God bless those that came home to ingrates, ungrateful communities. Men and women who served as part of a colossal military machine. No matter what job they had, they all pitched in. They shared as a family. They, share, they shared as comrades. They, they shared in a brotherhood. And then we remember those who uh, lost their lives for us. Many have died in faraway places, on faraway soil with names of towns and cities and countries that we cannot even pronounce. 
And while they served there and they, they died there for folks back home drinking Pepsi and, and dining on pizza, having no clue, no idea that their very life's blood is draining out of their body on foreign fields, do we understand what sacrifice is? Uh, many suffered in pain, POWs, many suffered as captured uh, soldiers, and many even died as captured soldiers. And so we understand their sacrifice, and we understand the sacrifice of parents who lost a son or a daughter on foreign soil. We, we understand the, the, the wife or the husband that lost a loved one that served in the military and they died on foreign soil. God uh, bless those that know a sacrifice and a pain as well. But freedom has always come at a high price and uh, it would be heartless to fail to mention uh, them today in sacrifice. But today we come for Jesus. But today we come to celebrate the greatest sacrifice of all, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so as we come to remember Jesus, he gave his life for us. Many died on battlefields far away. They chose to serve. You know, many did not choose to die. You say, well, yes, they did when they signed up. Well, yes, they knew that there was a chance, but many wanted to come home. They wanted to serve. They wanted to come home to their families. They wanted to come home to a girlfriend or a wife. They wanted to come home in, in certain wars and, and come home and buy a Ford Mustang or GTO. They wanted to come home and, and get a job and, and earn a living and live life with their family and friends. And they didn't. And they didn't. Jesus Christ came to earth knowing that he was going to die for us and with the express intent of doing so. In John's Gospel, chapter 18 and verse 37, it says, For this reason I was born, that I would be king. There's a song that we used to sing, If That Isn't Love. Remember that? If that isn't love, he left the splendor of heaven knowing his destiny. He knew what he was coming for. He died knowing that millions would be ungrateful to the sacrifice, if not billions. But he came and he died anyway. And those that died on the battlefield died for family and friends and a grateful nation. But they didn't die for their enemies. Christ died for his enemies as well. And I'm turning over to Romans in chapter 5 and, and verse 7 where it says, For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. Jesus Christ died even for his enemies. Remarkable about Christ's death is that he died for his enemies. Here in Romans 5, it, it's, it's unique. In verse 6 and 8 and 10, it brings out, he died for us in our state. See, it wasn't that you accumulated so many Sunday school pins that he, well, you were deserving that he died for you. It wasn't that you had changed so much that, oh, it was a pleasure for him to die for you. Oh, no. We had nothing. We offered nothing. Appreciate Charlie's communion meditation today. Man, this is what the, the God of peace, the, the shalom maker, did on our behalf. This is so powerful and so beautiful. Verse 6 says, for while we were still helpless, uh, one translation says powerless. See, you didn't have, I didn't have anything to offer him. 
He did this as a gift. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. In verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So tell me how good you were in your Christian walk that you earned his death. No way. Absolutely incorrect. While we were sinners. In verse 10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. He did it because he loves us. He loves us. We earned nothing. We couldn't raise a hand to even get his attention. He already knew who we were, and he died for the helpless. He died for the sinners. He died for the enemies of the cross. Freedom has never come cheap. Whether uh, it's uh, a political freedom or economic freedom or spiritual freedom, it, it always comes at a high price. Freedom isn't free. It costs someone something, and it costs Jesus. In John's Gospel, chapter 6, uh, great crowds were traveling with him. They had never heard anyone teach with such authority as this man, Jesus. And, and they, they watched him heal uh, the people. And so huge crowds had gathered to find out, what's the purpose of life? This guy's different. He's going to tell us what's the purpose of life, and he's going to share with us eternal life. And so John 6, verse 4, the Passover was near, and the crowds were coming to him uh, to this great Passover feast. And we're told that there were 5,000 men. Now, according to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 21, it says, besides the women and children. Now, if there's 5,000 men besides the women and children, can you fathom, and that's all you can do is fathom, we don't know the total number of the crowd. But, but if half of them brought a wife, and if they brought their children, and they, and they had lots of children, we're told at that time, and they could have brought one, two, they could have brought eight or ten. There could have been 15,000 people there. We, we don't know. I'm not suggesting a number by saying that. The crowd could have been any high number, and he, he fed them. And so, who is going to feed them is the question. Philip, well, he wondered. Andrew, he suggested, but Christ did it. He did it. And, and after uh, a while, you wonder, I mean, if you're feeding the masses, and they're seeing the miracles, what are they really doing here? Are they really coming for the teaching, or are they coming for the food? You wonder. And so after a while, you're going to have to remember that, that book you read, uh, the DTR. What's DTR? Remember, it's define the relationship. Define the relationship. And so in dating relationships, you're going to have to, at some point, you've dated a long time, and nobody's popped a question, you're going to have to DTR. You're going to have to define the relationship. And it might be with an employee and an employer. You've worked, you've worked your rear end off. You've, you've gone through all the hoops. You've taken college classes to enhance your uh, knowledge of how to work a better, as a better employee. You did everything, and you didn't get promoted. You didn't get moved up. And after a while, you're going to have the DTR. And it's very possible to sit on a pew in a church building. It's very possible to sit on a pew 
and never accept Christ, to sit on a pew and never do anything for Jesus. And so even for us, we have to define the relationship of what are we doing. His sacrifice must be personal to you. So what is life about? What is church about? Is it about uh, feed me? When, when's our next dinner for six? When, when, when's our next fellowship dinner? Is it all about the food? What's in it for me, Jesus? Food, fun, and games. I remember when I was a youth minister in Covington, Virginia, uh, it was my turn to do a teenage youth weekend, and I, I just put on the poster, I just put uh, fun, food, and fellowship. Three F's for you there. Uh, fun, food, and fellowship. And, and, but since we weren't, we weren't starting till 6.30 at night, I thought everybody would know that there's no dinner. You, you do dinner before you came. You do dinner on the way, traveling to the camp property. And out of all the kids that showed up that weekend, a hundred and something, one parent came left with her son that had a baseball uniform on. So where's the dinner? And she was not a happy camper. And I'll leave it at that. She took her boy off camp, got him some dinner, and brought him back. And we had a great time. Boy, I tell you what, I ate crow that weekend, didn't I? That's my dinner. <laughs> to be able to, what? What's in it for me? What can you do for me? And I'm asking the question this morning, is the Christian church of Mantino entertaining enough to keep you here? Is that why you're really here? Is it for the entertainment? Is it for the food? What, why are we here? It is absolutely all about Jesus, is it not? I got one amen. Is it not about Jesus? Amen. Of course, of course, of course. So what is life all about? When Jesus is the only thing on the menu, there's nothing else on the menu. You find out if he's the one that you really hunger for or not. Many... Many left Jesus because of his teachings. You remember that in John 6? Many left. John 6, 67, Jesus asked, you don't want to leave also, do you? Are you going to leave? What is life all about? And when you know that Jesus is Lord, you won't leave. You won't leave Jesus. Peter summed it up. Jesus, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Wow. And so we come to the communion table every Lord's Day, and his death is so important that Jesus, Jesus said, do this, what? In remembrance of me. Did you have to look down and read it? <laughs> no. <laughs> You know, this has been, every Christian church I've ever preached a revival meeting in or served in has those words on there. It's like Jesus' own table 2,000 years ago must have had those words. No. No. But this is why we're here. To do this in remembrance of Jesus. And so, one of the greatest ways to remember Jesus' sacrifice is to obey what he asked us to do. Obey. And so he sets us free. And this table reminds us of that. Reminds us 
that he is our peace. He's our shalom. Thank you. So President Franklin D. Roosevelt made famous the four freedoms. The freedom from want. Uh, the, the, the freedom from fear. The freedom of speech. The freedom of worship. Of, of religion, if, if you care. Worship. And so Jesus brings a fifth freedom. And that fifth freedom is the freedom from sin. Let this table remind you that he brought us freedom from sin. And so what are you willing to give uh, Jesus in return? What would our life look like if we actually lived a life of thanksgiving? What would it look like? I want to read um, the verse in Sunday school. Boy, that, that's a good class. Please, please come to the Draw Near Sunday school. It's five weeks. That's four left. But in, in uh, my uh, devotions this morning, I was reading in Exodus 19. And so I want to read Exodus 19.5. Understand, what would our life be like if we obeyed? What would our life be like if we were thankful? And so in chapter 19, verse 5, now this is Moses on Mount Sinai, and God is establishing uh, who he is. There'll be laws given, what they should do as a nation, but he's establishing who he is as God Almighty. And they've already been through the ten plagues of Egypt. And so here in the 19th chapter, now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. The footnote says, and you shall be my special treasure. You like that? You are precious in God's eyes. You are his special treasure. I love that. He is his own possession. And then in Hebrews 9.22, it says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so the cup of this table reminds us that he did indeed shed his blood. And with that, he uh, instituted a new covenant, a covenant of blood, a covenant of grace, a covenant of love. And this is our Lord Jesus, our shalom maker. He paid the ultimate price. And so, what do you do? And, and it sort of goes with our uh, Sunday school lesson this morning. What do you do when you've lost heart? When you've lost heart? Well, number one, you draw near to God. Now, we all said in Sunday school that you pray. And you're absolutely correct. And so, this is it. We draw near to God. In Luke 5, 16, Jesus slips away uh, to the wilderness to what? To pray pray and that's it you, you're, you're, you want to get back to your journey and so you draw near to God and drawing near to God is you, you got to get have you ever have you ever gone to your prayer and, and it wasn't your favorite chair to go read in and your favorite prayer you're so you're so blown away you're, you're so distraught you're so hurt whatever it is that you go to a quiet place, maybe, maybe even in the dark, and you kneel down beside a couch, a sofa. You kneel down beside a bread, and you are crying your eyes out. Oh, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever been there? And you pray to God. And so that Romans 8 chapter kicks in, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings. 
Because you don't even, we don't even know how to pray the prayer. We're so out of it. Mentally, we're exhausted. We're gone. We're hurt. And I believe the Holy Spirit intercedes to the Father, according to that verse, on our behalf. And so we pray. But we also, we step into the battle. We step into the battle. Don't run the other way. We run towards gunfire. We run towards the battle. And so it says in 1 Timothy, in chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And so we step into the battle. There is no faith in running. There is only fear. And if you feel fear coming over you, you've you got to start praying. You've you got you to gotta cry out to God and say, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate this fear. I'm living by faith. And you tell the devil, you tell God, I'm going to live by faith. And you watch a change happen. And then you're going to fight along someone else. We find in uh, 2 Timothy 4, 11, where Paul knows it's the end of his life. And he says, uh, only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark. And bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. Now, I'm not going to get into all the ramifications of what Mark did earlier and why Paul would not take him on a missionary journey. Because years had passed, Mark had repented, and Mark had uh, grown and matured in his walk. And now at the end of Paul's life, he says, bring Mark with you. He's useful for me, to me. I need Mark bringing. Don't lose heart. Fight along someone else. Go to someone's rescue. Be there. Start up your car. Step on the gas. Get there fast, didn't the country song say. So, number four, get real. Confess. James 5, uh, 16, confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins to God and then... If there is something you've done to offend a brother or a sister, you go and confess that sin to them and get things straightened out so the Holy Spirit can win in our life. And then number five, be the leader God calls you to be in your family, with your friends, at work, and in the church. Uh, Joshua 1, uh, 16 and 17, let me read. They answered Joshua, saying, All that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And so the people are going to be uh, with Joshua. And so we go and we... Uh, we be the leader that we need to be in our home and at work and with our friends and in the church. So when you lose heart, we draw near to God. We step into the battle. We, we go and join a friend. We confess our sin and we pray that we'd be the leader that we need to be. This is what we'll do. I love this song when it comes up on <clears throat> Christian radio from time to time and it's uh, Laura Story's song about blessings. Uh, we pray for blessings, we pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. 
And all the while you hear each spoken need, yet love us way too much to give us lesser things. He loves us too much that he, he would never give us less than what we prayed for. And it takes faith that he is going to walk with us and that we, he's invited us to walk with him. And we walk with him. It takes faith. The chorus says, because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials are this, uh, of this life are your mercies in disguise? Verse 2, we pray for wisdom, your voice to hear. We cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness. We doubt your love. As if every promise from your word is not enough. And all the while you hear each desperate plea. As long that we'd have faith to believe. Another verse. What if my great disappointments and the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world cannot satisfy? What if trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise. And so the invitation today, what if blessings come through raindrops? What, what, if it, what if it comes through you going through a torrential storm? What, what if the blessing uh, comes, uh, your healing comes through your tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know that God is near you? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? Wow. That just reminded me how much I love that song. Ralph Sproles is a preacher back in the southeast. And uh, Ralph, Ralph, if you see this on YouTube, I don't know how old you are, but I think you're about 87. And Ralph tells the story about a couple, don't know their age, but they're, they're older, and they're driving down the road, husband's behind the wheel, and the wife's over there by the door, and uh, she starts up one of those conversations about remember when. And uh, yeah, she says, you, you remember, my goodness, when, remember that first car we had when we were dating? Had a bench seat. A lot of you remember the bench seat. And, and where was the girl going to ride? I mean, like two people were driving that car. She was tucked in right, no seat belts. You're tucked in right there. And, and so um, you, you sit together. And so she, she continued that conversation. Yeah, don't you remember that? And, and uh, she said, what happened to us? He took his eyes off the road for a moment and looked at her and said, which one of us moved? So, what did happen to us? And if you're not feeling so close to God lately, who do you think moved? Jesus loves you with everything in his heart. He gave everything to prove it. And we take this table every Lord's Day to remember that he did everything to prove it. And we have the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. He bled, he shed his blood that we could be saved. And now we have relationship.
my invitation to you today is if, if you're not in Christ or you, you can do something about that. He started it. He went to the cross and died for us. And so all we have to do is give him our total allegiance. Uh, that's, that's, that, that begins today. Yes, it does. Uh, but it's going to continue tomorrow and the next day and next week and every month. And that's why people are sitting, sitting around you. And by the way, our crowd is down for Memorial Day weekend. I hope you're watching by YouTube. But if you're outside of Christ, place your faith in him and say, I'm doing it. I, I don't even know why I've waited this long, but I'm doing it today. And I'm going to ask God to forgive me of my sins. I'm going to confess him today in front of this group. And I'm going to be baptized into Christ. And so there's water in a tank back here in the back. And we've got towels and we've got robes. And you would go back after you confess that you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that old person can die there. That old person, the, the one that you grew to hate, the... the not that person over there. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about how we have just, our sin has just made us so ugly in, in front of the holiness of God that we've got to come to Christ and be forgiven. And he's willing to forgive. So come. And for the Christian, that your light may have gone out and you're, you're, the wick of the candle is smoldering and you're asking God to fan into flames that light again. He'll do it. Rededicate your life to the Lord. Give your life to Jesus. Praise his name. He's here. And he'll be there for you the rest of your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you're, you're blessing us even through the storm and that healing comes through tears at times. And sometimes we, we don't sleep. And you're there to hear our prayer during the night. And the trials of this life, while we walk through them and they build character, we are also reminded that it could be worse. But we get amnesia when we go through difficult times and we forget just uh, how great and powerful you are and how that you're... You're close enough, that God is close enough, he can hear you whisper his name. A whisper. And so, Father, I pray today that people would come. And if they don't really understand what that means to come to Jesus, that, that we would study together and use the keys to unlock heaven. So today, dear God, we thank you for bringing peace into our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. We're going to sing. If you would like to accept Christ, you come and take my hand and tell me that's why you're here. Let's all stand. Let's sing.